Somebody save me from this show. Why are we doing this to ourselves? Ugh, I do not know. Hey guys, welcome to Season 1, Episode 3 of Talking at the Talon. I'm Bess. I'm Alex, and our guest this episode is my sister, Tess. Hi! Who is also known as Trash Pretzel on Twitter, and what's your Tumblr? So Small Between the Stars. Alright, so Tess is going to join us to talk about this episode today. She watched it with us. So this was episode three yes, of season although one. before we Hot get into head. this episode... Oh yeah! We have a follow-up from the last episode a little bit. Um, because we were talking about, last episode, about the guy, the bug guy, whose name I have now immediately forgotten. <laughs> I I want to say remember. maybe it was Greg. Was That's it Greg? Right. definitely Greg. That okay. sounds right, actually. Greg, who, at the end of that episode, Clark pushed him into something, and he turned into a bunch of bugs, and we assumed he would die, or did die, or something. But, yeah, we, we recorded that in our spreadsheet last episode as a death. But I was looking stuff up, not even related to this specifically, but about Smallville, and I haven't seen season 10, um, except for the last episode. Right. <laughs> um, but apparently he shows up in an episode of season 10 where they have a high school reunion, and he specifically, like, thanks Clark for, like, saving him from being a creepy guy. Which, like, I have so many questions <laughs> about that. Okay, like, if you'll recall... Clark didn't actually save him. First of all, we were working under the impression last episode that Clark killed him. And, I mean, like, implicitly. Right, and indirectly, so that right. he's not, like, at fault for anything, because it's very that. Right. Right. But, like, dude. Dude. So, first of all, so, how the yeah. fuck did he unturn into bugs? Like, how did he get turned into a human again? And then, how the fuck did Clark save him. Yeah, like, I don't remember a scene in that episode where Clark, like, talked to him and tried to convince him to stop being creepy, really. Like, maybe they, they talked a little during the fight, but I don't think it was, like, particularly helpful. No. No. And then I also have a question about what he's doing at their five-year reunion, because, like, he can't possibly have graduated. He turned into bugs. Does anybody go to their... Do, do high schools even have five-year five year Well, reunions? I mean, of course they had one because it was the last year of the show. And right, so I understand but. that, but, like... Did our high school have a five-year reunion? Oh, could've. They didn't contact either of us about it. <laughs> Maybe each bug turned into a separate Oh grade. no! What? Why would they you say that? So of them. Oh god! That's terrifying! Well, see, it also said that he was in, like, the Chloe Chronicles, which were, like, some external, like, web series-y kind of thing that I vaguely remember Wait, existing. Really? Yeah, which I don't know that much about. Um, huh. But that they mentioned that he was in a lab or something. I don't know. Weird. Okay. Anyway, but yeah, we that was just, I found that so, out and I was like, well, I guess he's not dead, and also so, what? So we have taken that off of our, our deaths spreadsheet. So only one person died in the last episode, which Greg's mom definitely died. Yeah. She, she was definitely yeah. dead. Yeah, and like, if he's like, alive and fine, she should probably be like, prosecuted for her murder, I would think. Yeah, except, well, this brings us back to the discussion, I think we had a discussion about this last episode, or maybe we just talked about it when the ep when we were watching the episode, which, like, Smallville Police Department, like, is any of this gonna be, like, 
yeah. investigated? Are they, well, do and they exist? Do they do of, their job? We can get into the recap for this episode. Oh, God. <laughs> um, Good Lord. Okay. So, so, hothead. Yes. So, the basic, uh, the basic plot of this episode is that their football coach is like really invested in winning and like is a is a has been coaching football for 20 years or something and like what, this is his last season before he retires and he really really wants to win right um and his legacy right it's he so says important legacy have sometimes. you ever noticed that like football coaches and like sports people are never just like oh we're just we just it just happens like you know like math teachers are like oh i don't care that well, much about math but like you never find like wait what when has a math teacher told you they don't care that much about math well, you can just well i had i had some pretty shitty I math mean, like, teachers yeah, sure you can just tell they don't care that much. i'm sure some of them don't but i don't think they ever said no that i know to but you. i'm just saying like and the football coaches are always like so like 200 percent into okay football. well here's the thing i mean Tess, that's like that's the thing, like, this episode is probably fairly accurate to some small towns, yeah. depending on the no, region. No, absolutely. And um, the other thing, too, about sports is that there's, I mean, generally speaking, more people would like to go into sports than would like to become math teachers. Um, and so, and, and the other thing about sports is that they are competitive by nature. Like, you know, the entire point of sports, I mean, most sports, um... Certainly, <laughs> football is that there's a winner and a loser, and it it <laughs> necessitates a certain attitude. Yeah. Well, and like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure Whereas, like, it like, depends on the sport, probably. And like, there are people coaching sports. Who oh, sure. Are just assigned to coach a sport. And sure. Like, whatever. No, but. absolutely. <laughs> I mean, many a Disney Channel original movie has been made about that one guy who was assigned to coach the bowling team, who's really a computer science teacher. And this is not. I'm actually mashing up a whole bunch Do of high Disney schools Channel. Have bowling teams. There was a Disney Channel original <laughs> movie about a bowling team. But a high school bowling. Yes, game? yes. They have not? a they have a rivalry with the Crosstown. Like no. it's a it's look. <laughs> I'm not even gonna get into look it up. It's called Alley Cat Strike. <laughs> okay. But this is neither here nor there. Yeah. The point is oh, that right. like so in this episode, you know, it's clear that like a lot of the community is more invested in football than they are. Right, in which to my understanding um, is highly accurate right. to, like, you know, a Midwestern small town. But so he's getting away with a lot, and this these, uh, like, five or eight or something of the eight? team I'm pretty sure it's eight. Um, members are caught cheating, and, like, the principal is like, well, you have to take them off the team, and he is not down with that, and it turns out that the coach, like, actually gave them the, the, uh... The, the test, test answers. answers. Or whatever, yeah. And, uh, he develops... Uh, fire-starting, rage-fueled powers because he has put crypto kryptonite rocks in his sauna. Yes. Which, yeah, is what happens, I guess. Yep. Um, and there's, like, green smoke coming yeah. out of them that he, like, just ignores or can't see. Well, right, like, sometimes I think those kind of effects are, like, supposed to be more for us, and it's mm, like, maybe mm -hmm. that doesn't actually look like that, but sure. it's not really clear about that Right, first, right. So. No, and it's like, he's pouring water over yeah. the thing, and, and it's like, like, green smoke. Right, and it doesn't even, you know, it's not even really steam at all. No, because, no, <laughs> yeah, so. no. Um, but yeah, and then he tries to kill the principal. Which, that's um, my other question, by the way. Like, a, a small town high school football coach... Has a private sauna. Well, it said, 
sauna. sauna. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, he, it said on it said it was given to him by the alumni foundation. I know, but, but like, oh, I don't know. still, whatever. Yeah, it's a private sauna that he has a key to, which is very important. Yeah, at the end when Clark tries to stop him from he, lighting people on fire, right? There's he, kryptonite rocks in there, yeah. and he locks Clark inside with the kryptonite right. rocks. So in Clark's plotline is that he, again, like, the coach, like, comes up to him and is like, oh, you should join the football team because I saw you catch a thing and, like, you should strike out your own path and not just do what your dad says, but instead do exactly what I say. That's not the line, but, There's know. also a cute thing where he's like, Jonathan Kent is one of the best <laughs> yeah. athletes that ever played for me in 20 years. It's in your genes. And Clark just, like, looks at him and is like, actually, I'm adopted. Yeah, and then the and coach just really, kind of, like, stares at him yeah, for five seconds. And it's like, really cute. I don't have a response. It's really cute. It is cute. I forgot how cute Clark was in these early seasons. Yeah, and his, like, hair is, like, super dark, like, black, which for some reason it gets, like, slightly less that way over time, I feel like. And I yeah. really like it. Um, but anyway, yeah. No, um, it's just, it's really, it's really cute. And Tom Welling actually delivers that line really well. Um, and then, so, he does join the football team, but doesn't actually end up playing the game because, again, the coach, like, locks him in a thing. Um, during the game, and then Jonathan has to come and get him out at the end, and yeah, then he fights the coach, and the coach tries to set him on fire, and he doesn't go on fire, and the coach is like, "Oh no!" and then like it self-immolates. I guess. Yeah, yeah. So we are counting this as a death, correct? Yeah, he's definitely dead. Okay, I... he's definitely dead. <laughs> he was so well on fire. Right, right. So we have one death this episode. Right, an adult. So yes. not part of the. So we still actually. So given that we have reversed the ruling on, on Greg's death last episode, we still have no deaths from Clark's actual high school class. So, yeah. um... And then there's, like, you know, actually... So, like, watching this episode and really paying attention to it, I kind of feel like this is a pretty good episode. Yeah. Um, oh, there was... There's also a whole no, there's bunch a of lot stuff. Of, there's a lot of Okay, stuff. there's well, also... Gonna... There's, yeah, there's a Lex... Plot line and a lot of plot line. And, like, Chloe gets involved, too, because she's part of the football team. Yes. So one of the things that I liked about this episode was it, like, balanced all the characters pretty well and got people involved and, like, actually gave them stuff to do. Right. And And then, like, it gave them their own things, but there were also scenes, like, that scene at the the coffee house with, like, Lex and Clark and Lana was, like, which had them... And then there was the, like, overarching thematic tie-in, which was that it was, like, about relationships with parents and, like, expectations and stuff, which, like was a little bit unsubtle, but, like, way less unsubtle than Smallville can be. Right. And, like, not actually terrible. And, like, I felt like it kind of lived up to, like, the Buffy episodes it was trying to be in that way. I it was, like, actually that. dealing with that stuff kind of well instead of, like... Like, Smallville tends to be either, like, just, like, so heavy-handed or just kind of, like, awkward and not really, like, saying anything in particular. Right. Um, like, the bug episode, I feel like, was just kind of like, well, this is definitely supposed to be a metaphor for puberty, but also it doesn't really mean anything in particular. Right. Um. Right. And it was just, like, awkward and weird and left so many questions. Whereas this episode actually, thematically, held together fairly well and was saying some pretty legit things yeah, about like I parental the, pressure. Right. And I like the stuff, I think, in general about, like, dealing with, like, the expectations of the football coach versus the principal, and, like, that seems, like, realistic for yeah. the most part. No, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Although it did also kind of, like, it always reminds me of some of the scenes in, like, the first high school musical at the same time. Oh, God. Oh, God. I haven't rewatched those movies in forever. The dads do look kind of similar. The dads? The dad. Troy's dad. And the coach, or... And no, Jonathan. and Jonathan. Eh. I don't know, they look dad-ish. Yeah, look I mean, gen- like... generically dad-like. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. I don't know. But so, yeah. So, like, Clark... And it gets people involved, too. Like, Martha got some scenes that were not terrible where yeah. she was trying to kind of, like, explain to Clark... Like, she was kind of explaining to Jonathan more Clark's point of view. Right. Um, right. And, like, vice versa a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, and they kind of, like, I mean, Clark had a line right, about, like, like I'm sorry to like, make you play peacekeeper right. between Which us. kind of tends to be her role in all of the show, and it's not, like, well, up until, you know, Jonathan up until yeah. and stuff, but, right. like, right. for this kind of period of the show. And it doesn't give her, like, a lot to do, but she does do it in general pretty well. Like, right. Like, very, like, yeah, absolutely. she seems very caring and stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, Martha Kent seems like Martha Kent. Yeah. You know, right. she is, like, hashtag ultimate mom. Right. Um, and, yeah, and then there was Lana's plotline, which was about how she, like, was pretty upset about the whole cheating thing, because it got, like, uh, it got, became public when Chloe published a newspaper article about it. Right. Um, which I think also, like, makes a lot of sense for yes. the character. Yes. Uh, and, like, then she decided to quit cheerleading and become a barista at a coffee shop, although they said waitress, which I thought was, like, a Yeah, they kept calling weird. her a waitress, where she was, like... She was definitely... Like, you wouldn't be called a waitress. Well, you wouldn't bring people their drinks. You yeah. You just come get them. I mean, but even if you did, like, it seems like you wouldn't... Yeah. I mean, they them. didn't seem to be serving anything other than, like, right. hot drinks. You would just wait and then get Yeah. It, it was no, like right. a cafe. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, but she was really bad at it, which is weird given that later she apparently successfully runs a small business all by her teenaged self. Right. But, okay. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Like... Smallville logic. Yeah. Um, although there's a really cute scene with where Clark and Lex are at the place where she works, and like she brings them their drinks, and there's a whole thing about how like she and she's like, "Does it taste good?" And Lex is like, "Yep." And then she leaves, and Clark is like, "Is that what you ordered?" And Lex is like, "Not even close." And also, he has a little bit of whipped cream on his nose. <laughs> he does really have cute. whipped cream on his nose, and it's all really cute. Uh, I don't know, that entire scene was just really cute to me. It was cute. Um, and then Lex's plotline, which is about his dad wanting to him to cut 20% of the workforce and him being like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then they have a fencing match. <laughs> because that's, <laughs> that's how they... That's how business works. Right. And, yeah. Um, I don't know. And there's a whole thing, too, with, like, where Lionel comes to see him, like, twice in a week or whatever and, right. like, sends his advisors or whatever to talk with Lex and Lex is like, no, I'm going to grow the business 20% rather than cutting it 20% and, like, I don't know. Lots of... Basically, it's, like, setting up all the seeds for Lex fundamentally, like, philosophically disagreeing with his father's business practices, basically. Yes, which is a plot line later. for a while. Yeah, I mean, yeah. kind of, it, later the business practice thing gets a little bit sidelined, I think. But, well, yeah, but yeah. They, they're, they like, building to that, and it's yes. more forefront, like, next season, I think, it, yeah. right? Yep. Um, so this is all sort of kind of, like, building up to that, but, um... But that, you know, that ties in right. with the it's whole. It's all the same, and like they do, they do that explicitly, kind of with like Lex saying that like Clark and Lana are doing something different, and he's going to also like try to rebel or something. Right. I don't know. Right. Although it's weird no, because I... like he's in such a different life place. Like yeah, no, it's Lex totally is twenty one, and Lana and Clark are theoretically fourteen. Yeah. Which is just like yes, I mean. Yeah, I don't know. <sighs> just, oh, 
So I, like, can't, yeah. I can't dwell too much on the 14 thing, but it's just so... It is so. Yeah. I it's mean, they're so. not. Um, but yeah, it's... So, yeah. That's... I mean, but, like, yeah. Overall, I think the episode is, like, pretty solid and, like, has some fun parts and, like, makes thematic sense and stuff. And, like, yeah. Pete, like, Pete gets some lines. Right! Uh, which is kind of, like... Pete exists! He's gotten... In a... He's gotten lines in the first two episodes, but, like, two or three lines. Right. Feel like, and now he, like, does some stuff because he's on the football team. Right. Pete is on the football like, team. And then there's, like, Chloe is tied in because she... She is writing this article and, like, um, investigating stuff about the football team, and then, like, the coach lights her office on fire. Yes. Um, yeah. Which, and, like, burns down, like, the torch office, including her wall of weird and stuff, which is not ever referenced again, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Is it? Do they deal with that? I don't remember them dealing we'll with it. We'll come back to that next we'll episode. Is she the only person who works at that newspaper? Well, like, technically Clark and Pete do because she, like, makes them. Right. Right. But, In, like, we were talking- How is that allowed? No, we were talking about this. this- also, they're all freshmen. Yeah. So, like, that's super no, weird. This is yeah. our issue with it. It's like- <laughs> Did she invent the newspaper? That's what- like, that's, that's what we- yeah. can- No, that's like, the either, only thing either, we can- like, the entire staff of the newspaper the previous year were graduating seniors, or she, like, created it. Also, that's, like, a huge office for- Yeah. No, it's all very newspaper. weird. Yeah. It's... And her whole wall of weird got, like, burned down, too. Well, that's what I was saying, is that it they burned down the yeah. the newspaper office, including her wall of weird, and I don't know if they ever deal with that. Like, right. I think the wall well, of weird also, just like, shows up again. Like, totally ruined, like, three school computers. Right. So that's right. gonna be expensive. Right, which would be a huge deal, but, like... Yeah. I don't think they deal Which, with that. Which, so, like, the episode is pretty good, generally, but now I'm going to get into, like, some smaller points of stuff. Yes. One of which is that... Like, yeah, so the coach sets a TV on fire when talking to the principal in his office yes. to start with. He explodes the guy's car, he burns down, etc., etc. Um, and, like, they say, they say, Clark pulls the principal out of his car, and then they say, the p- later, the police said it was a wiring problem. Right. The police never actually appear on screen. No. Also, it's not, I'm not clear on what basis they said it was a wiring problem, since it, you know, wasn't. Right. I mean, all I can conclude is that they couldn't find a source for, like, arson. Right. I I don't know. And they were like, well, things don't just spontaneously combust, so... But so apparently they weren't involved at all with the, like, television in that guy's office being set on fire or anything. Um, Well, it didn't cause more damage than that, did it? No, not really. But, like, basically in this episode, they theoretically exist... But do not actually accomplish anything. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, oh, it was really weird when, in, in, right after the credits, the gorillas Feel Good Ink started playing. Oh, yeah! And both of us were just like, what? <laughs> because I never hear music, I feel like, on Smallville that is, like, music anyone would actually still listen to. Right. And that is definitely music that people would still no, listen definitely. to. No, definitely. Absolutely. I know people who still love that song. Like. So, Yeah. Much I better. guess I didn't even quite realize it was that old. Yeah, I don't know. Because um, I more think of gorillas as being popular when we were in, like, junior high, which was a couple of years after this aired. Mm-hmm. Which I guess, like, whatever, but... Right. Yeah, I don't know. That was... So, yeah, so that was surprising. Like, decent music on Smallville and not, like, early 2000s... I don't know... 
soft rock. Yeah, right. Not basically. I I always just think of Lifehouse. Lifehouse. Like the ultimate it's the yeah, band. no Lifehouse. Like Lifehouse are things that they basically sound like Lifehouse. Right. Right. Um, what else? Uh, so I think we should talk a little bit about, like, how gay Lex seems. Oh my god! Um, oh, so, okay. So, during the scene where Lex and Lionel were fencing, Alex and I were both just like, oh, this is so awkward. Because the thing is that, like, as I pointed out when we were watching it, um, uh, Lionel and Lex are played by the like, pretty much hands down, the yeah. two best actors on the show. And so, because of that, they end up having really good chemistry with pretty much everyone, although with Lionel, that's, like, creeper. I think, what did yeah. you call it? Creeper chemistry? Yeah. he has, like, creeper chemistry with, like, everyone. Right, right. Um, and Lex just has, like, chemistry with everyone. I mean, so the result sexual is like, chemistry yeah. with a bale of hay is from Smallville fandoms. So... So, but, like, also earlier when, like, but like the his father's, like, business guys, oh, including, yeah. like, Dominic, who, like, is kind of a character who comes back a few times in season one, are there. And, like, he comes in and he's, like, just been fencing and he's got this tiny, like, towel with a little, like, embroidered fencing symbol <laughs> on it, which is ridiculous. But also, so then, like, Dominic says, like, oh, you were fencing or have you taken up polo again? And then, like, Lex laughs, and they both are kind of acting as if that's some kind of burn, and I don't know what the fuck that is supposed to mean, but it somehow sounds like innuendo. So, <laughs> dear listeners, please explain to us how I mean, it's, it's have you taken up polo again is a burn challenge for the week. Like, I don't think it probably means anything actually specific, but they just say it in this no, way that's it's really, completely, like, charged. It completely, tonally feels like he's, like, making fun of him in, like, a weird, like, charged, almost flirty way. Right, but, and like, then, like they, they have this, like, energy that seems really, like, flirty, but, like, right, confrontational except, and stuff. Right, and then, at, then, at, at the, the end, end, like, Lex says, like, tell your sister I said hi, which is definitely supposed to be, like, ooh, I fucked your sister, ooh, burn. But, yeah. Like, doesn't really make it feel any less gay somehow. <laughs> well, I mean, you know what I'll have to say about this. <laughs> but, like, yeah, yeah the weird. entire thing is just is is very uh yeah just lex fucking uh, michael rosenbaum man he just has chemistry with everything yeah um but when combined with lionel like that's just it feels so like oh god it's there but like bad touch no right no bad touch no and so and then there's another thing that i really liked in the fencing scene where he says like if I wanted motiv- Lex says, if I wanted motivation, no speaking, I would listen to one of your books on tape. Which oh I was like, does Lionel generally have, genuinely have books on tape? Did he write, like, <gasps> business books and oh, then read them God. for the audiobooks? Because that would be, like, the craziest. I really hope he oh, did. Man. That seems like exactly the type of crazy no, like, that I Lionel would. I assume that's the kind of, like, that's the kind of thing right. that he would have done. Right. Which is so, like, oh my God. Oh. Lionel's books on tape. Yeah. I really hope they reference that again. I'm gonna put that in our in our drop plot lines. I'm pretty sure that's not gonna come up again. It's I'm not sure exactly it's a not. plot line. No, it. it's not really, but I'm just I just wanna make note of it because yeah, no, that's that's a, that was a line that happened. Yep. Um uh at the end in the last Lex and Lionel scene where Lex is like, well, I'm gonna not fire anyone, but also reduce spending or whatever. 
Yes. Which is his, like, Yeah, so, like, the entire thing, right, is that, like, Lex, um, the business is not doing well, and Lex's dad's advisors come and tell him, like, business is down 40, or 20%. Well, they tell him he has to cut the workforce. Right, so they tell him he has to cut the workforce by 20%, and... Lex is like, no, I'm going to increase the workforce by 20%. And then Lex and Lionel have a fencing bout. Um, match, I think. Match. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Whatever. Sounds like a disease. <laughs> what? Like a bout of fencing. What kind of disease do you say you have a bout of? Don't you? N- no. Like what? Like, like a what? bout of diphtheria or something. No? <laughs> a case of diphtheria. Yeah. I don't think that's a thing. But yeah, and then he... But, he, yeah, and so, and so they have a fencing match, and... And Lionel wins the fencing and match, yeah. and it's like, therefore, you have to do what I say. Yeah, and, yeah, therefore, right. you have to, you have to cut the workforce by 20%, so, and instead, Lex comes up with a business plan where he will cut spending by 20% without, without reducing the workforce at all. Um, which is his bit of rebellion in this episode. Right. But so, so um, he, he says this line uh, at the end of that scene where he says, like, Dad, you have no idea what I'm capable of, which, like, doesn't necessarily make a ton of sense in that scene, but foreshadowing. Um, also, Dwight references yes, that no, line in okay. the episode of The so, Office. And I remember this very specifically. Of course you do. Because we were watching The Office one time, and we were over at our friend's house, Molly's house, and her, yeah. like, family friend was there. Um, so anyway, we were, we were all watching The Office, and, like, he said that, and, like, he said that line, and then was like, that's the thing Lex Luthor said on Smallville or something, and then I screamed. (laughs) (laughs) You know what, I do remember that! And then that guy, like, looked at me and was like, do you like Smallville a lot? Yes! I was like, oh my god, because I don't generally scream in front of people I don't know. That was in, like, high school, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I do remember that. That was a fun I was right! I was right! It's called a fencing bout. It is? Yes. Weird. Huh. Interesting. Yes. So, it was good. I mean, like, I think also, like, generally, like, when Lionel is on the show, he, like, he's always interesting and, like... Yes. That I mean, he's terrible. No, but right, totally. He's... But he's, like, an entertaining person to watch and a good actor. And, yeah. And, like, it raises the quality of an episode. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Uh... I mean, he's the worst, but no, like totally, totally. he's he he does like objectively like raise the villain. quality. Yeah, um, he's such a good villain. He's such a good villain. Um. So yeah. Uh. The other thing I wanted to talk about a little bit, um, which we haven't like mentioned, I don't think, on the podcast yet, was, and I thought of it because there's a scene where Lana is working at the the coffee shop, right? And um, she. Uh, yeah, Clark, like, asks her where her necklace is. Oh, yeah. And she says she can't wear it because of regulations or whatever. Yeah, know. uniform, strict right. uniform, she says. Um, but he's, like, in general, he's being, like, really weird about her, like, working there. Right. Um, but also, like, he, he, like, asked where her necklace is in this sort of peculiar way. Right. Um, so... Which, if you'll recall, she, he ran away last episode when he returned the necklace before she could see that it was him returning the necklace. Yeah. So, as far as Lana knows, there's no reason that Clark should have any actual interest in her necklace. Right. Well, but so also, like, okay, I have this sort of theory that, like, Clark doesn't really, like, have a lot of exposure to kryptonite outside of Lana's necklace up until the show starts. Right, yeah. And 
I have this sort of theory. Like, he spent his whole life, basically, like, where every time he gets near Lana, he feels weird because he's being affected by kryptonite radiation. Right. And, like, it would make a lot of sense for him to have been, like, well, every time I'm near Lana, I feel kind of, like, queasy and, like, weak. And, like, probably this is what being in love is, right? Like... That does make sense. Like, that's also, probably... it makes sense why he just says weird shit. Yeah. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, I feel like that's... That's... I don't know. That's the kind of... And, like, I... That theory, like, also, like, makes me, like, like him more because it's totally the kind of thing that, like, I would do. Because, like, <laughs> I remember the first time I had a crush in, like, sixth grade. I, like... I, I was, like... it. I, I went, like, a couple weeks where I was, like, okay, I'm having these feelings. I'm, like, assuming this is a crush. Like, I'm gonna have to think about this a little bit, you know? Because it just... Yeah. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I, I couldn't just be like, oh, this is a crush. I had to be like, I had to be like scientific about it a little bit. Of course you did. But yeah, anyway. So like, I think it would make a lot of sense for that to be like, why Clark has decided that he loves her without ever having talked to her or whatever, <laughs> you know. But. Oh, Clark, buddy. Oh, yeah. And then there's a scene at the end of this episode where they like stand in a field and scream. Yeah. Uh, it's on the, it's the football field. Right. But yeah. Yeah. If the football coach died, they're being really flippant about that. She's just like, oh, I mean, I heard about the coach. Like, I mean, he how did, was the game, Clark? He did try to murder some people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they're just like, so well, happy. they're pretty flippant about that, too. Like, yeah. they're generally kind of flippant about that. I mean, right. I was like, going to say, many like, the people, thing is, like, like, yeah, we don't, we don't hear about any kind of in- investigation into what happened to Greg's mom or Greg in the last episode. Right. Like, or any of the people who die in any of the, like, it's just people die and no one seems to be terribly worried about it in right. general. Die or disappear. Right. Yeah. Like, the Smallville police really yeah, we're just, mostly We're back don't to the exist. fucking Smallville yeah. police! They like, really mostly don't exist. Like, I can remember a couple of times they actually did something. Generally, the thing they did was not actually helpful in any way. Right, of course. Um, but, yeah. Mostly, like, occasionally they'll be, like, referred to. Yeah. But, but just, like, so incompetent. Yep. Nope. There's not a lot actually going on there. Oh, man. But yeah, right. so I don't know. Like, in general, I do really feel like this is a enjoyable, like, not shitty episode. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, there were definitely times where we were like, oh, Jonathan, you're being a dick. Oh, Lionel is so terrible. Right, but, but like, like, the thing is, like, also you're supposed to think right, Lionel is terrible. Right, exactly. Like, that's not a problem with the show. Right. Um, like, none Jonathan of- being a dick is, like, the thing is, like, a lot of this stuff, like, like, I, you know, Clark being a dick has not really started happening yet. Right. Jonathan being a dick is pretty, pretty low-key at this point. Like, you can see the beginnings of the things that are going to be really tr- bothersome, but they haven't really actually started happening yet. Um... So, I mean, yeah, partly it's, like, it hasn't quite ramped up into that. But, like, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, you do get get the sense, kind of, that Jonathan, apart from not wanting Clark to do football, which I think is fairly reasonable, like, is kind of also pissed at him for saving someone's life, which is, like, Right, which, like, what the fuck, Jonathan? (laughs) Like, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. Shouldn't you be proud of him for that? Like, I realize it's a risk that, like, he'll expose his powers, blah, 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 but, like, also that dude would have died. Right. So... Yeah. And also, he totally didn't expose his powers. It was fine. So, right. So, like, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Anything else on your no. list? No, I think that's good. Do you, do you want to say anything? Yeah, Tess, did you have any, any thoughts? Mostly, I was just... 
surprised by how hot Clark was because <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, how was the experience of like watching Smallville for the first time in like I don't know how many years? It's been a while, probably, huh? Like five years. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was good. I remembered a lot of it. That was yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you... like we've seen, we watched, we had the DVDs of this yeah. for ages. We probably watched these episodes. It's I remember, I remember opening our stockings on Christmas morning, and we each got a season of Smallville. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, is one like, of those seasons that we have down there on our bookshelf yours? Probably. I guess I like, stole it. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't it. I didn't want it. No, but you explicitly remembered, like, before we started watching the episode, you were like, a car explodes in this episode, and, like, I mean, sure like, also, enough, it's a pretty good guess in general, and also, like, fire, but... Well, yes, yes but, like... We're, we're, like, one for one on car accidents, Well, at least. We're over one for one on car accidents for these first three episodes. That is true. I was, yeah, not cars exploding, but, but like... car accidents. Car accidents? Yeah, no, we're I mean, like... two out of three for cars exploding. Yeah. <laughs> Although I guess it depends. He was in a park. The principal was in a parked car this episode, so I don't I know if you want. Car wanna... exploding is an accident involving it. Well, it's not an accident. It's because not it was really an attempted a... murder, right? But I whatever, mean, a, an it's... incident involving a vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us, Tess. Yeah, for having me. If you are around later when we when you come back from school, maybe can do, do more. Do I want to do the I want to do the Red K episode. I want to talk about his jet ski <laughs> obsession. Oh yeah, he buys a jet in Kansas. Ski do or something. Oh my god. Okay, so Rex. Um, Alex, you want to start? Sure. Uh, so I am wrecking a fic called Lila's Coffin by Eleven Inches. Um, it's an early season one fic, so about here, Mm -hmm. presumably, in which um. Whitney takes Clark along to a football ritual where they sacrifice a goat to the football gods, and then Clark accidentally wakes up a a woman who's been sort of dead since the meteor shower and now thinks she's a vampire or something, Um, and then that woman ends up going after Lex and Clark has to save him and also... As you do. A car, or a cow falls on Lex's car at one point, and yeah. So it's pretty short, very silly. Um, I I would also just like to say, bless Finn, because (laughs) we were trying to remember, I did not know this fic, but Alex was like, I want to wreck this fic, but like, I can't remember the name of it, and so I asked my Twitter feed, and the fourth line was like, oh yeah, I remember that one. Was it the vampire lady staring at Lex's head and saying, shiny? Which, yes, that is the thing that happens also. That that was the fic, and just... Yeah. Yeah. Also, someone on Twitter briefly thought we were describing an episode of Smallville rather than oh, a fic. Yeah, and no, that's Laura. Laura fairly, the thing about that is it's really very plausible. Yeah, Laura47 said, I seriously missed the fic part of that the first time, and I 100% believe that it was a Smallville plotline. 100%. And yeah. just, yeah. <laughs> but yes, it's, it's, you know, executed rather better. Than it probably would have been in an episode of Smallville, uh, and yeah, so it's Jen, um, you know, focused on Clark and Lex's friendship, I guess. But yeah, yeah but with a, just like cute, funny, cracky, like, like just like, yep, sort of episode plotline type thing. Um, 
So yeah, uh, I am wrecking a vid called Jealousy by Obsessive24. And um, now I know in this podcast we've said before and we'll continue to say, like, we are very fast and loose with spoilers. Uh, you know, we're basically assuming that if you're listening to this, like, we may casually mention things that happen in future seasons. Um, like, we're general spoiler warning for all of this podcast. If you're watching along with us and have never seen it before and are super worried about being spoiled for major things in the future. That said, there is a major spoiler alert on this vid for, um future stuff that I don't think we've mentioned before and probably no. won't have any reason to mention right. until we get there. Generally um, involving Whitney. Yeah, involving Whitney and what happens what to him later in the, in the show. Future. So, um, so, you know, uh... If you do want to avoid that for some reason, don't watch Yeah, this don't vid. watch this vid. Um, uh, we'll it, talk about it pretty generally here, but... And it also jumps forward to season four and yes. features the character that Jensen Ackles plays in season yes, four. Yes, Jason Teague. Um, so this is a vid that it's, it's really interesting and it's kind of about, I mean, Clark and football, but also Clark and dudes, but like not Lex. Yeah, well, Clark and I think the concept of normative masculinity as represented by dudes who play football. Yes, yes, that is a, that is a good, (laughs) good summation of sort of what this vid is about. And it's very like... I find it a really, really interesting sort of character study of a very particular part of sort of Clark's, like, the way of, like, reading Clark as queer. And just, like, a really, really interesting examination of, like, that and how he interacts with that. And it's really, it, it... I have to say, I it takes a lot to make me, like, care about Whitney at all. <laughs> and uh, this vid does a really good job of sort of placing the viewer in the context of, of Clark, the way that Clark looks at Whitney in this vid, kind of. Sure, yeah. Um, in a way that, like, does actually give me some feelings about Whitney, which uh, I never expect and then I re- rewatch it and I'm like not just like my general reaction to Whitney on this show which I think has come up before is oh right Whitney exists yeah. and this vid takes me beyond oh right Whitney exists into oh Whitney which is like that takes yeah. a lot that's yeah, like really impressive sure. you know um, like, I have other associations with Jensen Ackles' character because I have many associations with Jensen Ackles as an actor, both from Dark Angel and Supernatural, but, um, but Whitney alone, like, the fact that this vid makes me care about Whitney, uh, really at all is, is a testament to Obsessive 24's skill in vidding and, and getting across the idea behind this vid. So, um, those are our recs for this episode. And I think that about wraps it up. Yep, that's about it. Uh, as always, you can find us on Twitter and Tumblr at Talon Podcast. And we are up on iTunes now. Yes, so... so... I guess if you want to rate or review us there, that's a thing you can do. And also subscribe. Tell us what you think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and, and definitely, yeah, subscribe. I mean, you know, a lot of people... that's convenient. Yeah, it's it's convenient. So hopefully that will uh, make it easier for you to download our episodes. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks. Yep. Bye. 
only 214 more episodes to go.